Ting, 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 ting. I wish I had some jingle bells. Ting, 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 ting. Welcome to Cathode Ray Mission. It's me, Randy Big R Hire, coming to you live from Oklahoma City. And as with me, as always, live via satellite from Berkeley, California, Will Scoville. How's it going, Will? I'm good. How are you, Randy? I'm doing well. Wonderful. I, uh, you know, coming in a little bit hot. I got a lot of energy that just suddenly burst forth from me. These intros, you know, if only I could maintain that amount of um, enthusiasm for, words, yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the movie we're about to talk about. This movie, holy shit. It's a crazy, it is, this is sort of one of those, it's one of those movies that like, thank God it exists, but like, man, wow, holy shit, you yeah. know? It's two um, hours and two minutes long. We're doing Barry Levinson's toys. It Okay. This is going to be, uh, you really got to stick with me on this. This movie came out in 1992 and is very reflective of the, the production design of the Tropicana commercials that were on <laughs> playing during The Simpsons uh, during that time. Interesting. I know this because I had a Treehouse of Horror, like Treehouse of Horror 2 or something, uh, taped. Uh, and it had one of those commercials on it. And so I saw it endlessly. Uh, and it felt just like the Toys commercial, or the Toys movie with the weird, crazy production design. Is it uh, the um, the roads, like everything outside of the factory being just a rolling field? Yeah, that and then that also the clothing stuff. and the like the music video they make uh, in the middle of the movie. Uh, that was a little too 80s seem, seeming it, to it, me. It felt know. like tape heads to me. Like it felt like a tape heads moment. <laughs> um, I kind of like the... the <laughs> At that point, when that happens, you're just kind of like, yeah. I mean, so, I don't know, man. I there were so many points in this movie where I was like, this fucking. I just aloud said, this sucks. And I apologized to the person who I, I kind of rolled into town, showed up at my girlfriend's house, and immediately put toys. Like I wasn't like, you know, I didn't say nothing and then put toys on. <laughs> sounded, but I was like, you know, it's like we sat down. It's like, what should we watch? It's like, well. She's like, what do you have to watch for your podcast? And I was like, uh, toys. She's like, all right, let's just watch it first. And I felt like I was like apologizing to the whole, I was just like, so I, I prefaced it being like, I loved this movie as a kid. And I did love it as a kid. If it came out in 92, I'm eight when this came out. Robin Williams is in Aladdin, this, Hook, which is another movie adults hate that kids I love. I hate that movie. I haven't seen that recently. I'm I'm now I, do it. I I feel like there's almost like an eighty percent chance that I would hate it now based on how I feel about toys today as a thirty six year old man. But like as an eight year old, I love this movie. And this movie is it's super weird. I don't even know I don't Okay. Let's get into it. Do you know about the history of this? Because isn't this I, like a screenplay that he wanted to direct? For like yeah. So this is thing? this movie. <laughs> it is Toys. It is 1992. It is Barry Levinson writing and directing, uh, co-writing uh, with uh, Valerie Curtin uh, on this one. And it is a movie that is it is rated PG-13. I, I remember it being marketed to people like me. Um, it is not a kid's movie. It is way too boring and political to be a kid's movie. Um, it's extremely boring. It's two hours long. It's got um, a flimsy plot that they spend way too much time kind of saying, okay, we're, we're going to be this movie with this thing to say. No, 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 no. We're going to be this like visual production design movie. Ah, and I can't quite find the right balance of either one. What sets, the whole thing that sets the plot off doesn't make any fucking sense either. And even yeah. as a kid, I think I was like, this is sort of weird, but like, 
as a kid, you're like, well, adults do a lot of things I don't understand, so this makes sense to me. But as an adult, watching it, I'm like, why is the dad giving the company to his brother to teach his son a lesson? He's like, does he know that it's going to be, like, horribly disastrous like this, you know? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> it's, it's fucking stupid. It doesn't make any sense, you know? Like, yeah. straight up makes no sense what sets the whole movie off. And, yeah, so the the head of this toy company, Zevo Toys. Played by Donald O'Connor. Yeah. Uh, it gives, he's dying and he gives control of the company over to his brother who's in the military, who took after their father and was in the military. He's a very strict. His father is played by Jack Warden. Yeah, who's in bed and, uh, the whole time. It's so strange that, like, Donald O'Connor surely is at least as old as Jack Warden. Yeah. You know, but he's yeah. playing... The son, it's very strange that Jack Warden is the father of both of these men, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. it seems like a stretch anyway that Michael Gambon, who I love Michael Gambon. This is hilariously, like, almost the same, probably made around the exact same time as the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover, which is, like, an extreme, excellent <laughs> radical piece of cinema. It's the same director's The Baby of McCone, which go back and listen to that episode or down or just check out that movie. Have you seen that movie? The Cook, The Thief, His Wife and Her Lover? Not yet. Um, so that's that was on my list uh, since uh, we watched The Baby of McCone. And I'm like, I got to be ready for this one. I got to, because knowing what I got into with that one, I was just like, I know what to expect. It's less cruel and unforgiving as that the baby of Makoto. That, yeah. That's like his most extreme movie. Yeah. Like this is probably like the cook, the thief, uh is like that's his big international breakthrough movie. Yeah, I, I that is one that I had known about for a long time and just never watched. And I think I even we watched a piece of it in film school. Yeah. And I was like, I gotta watch that and never did. It's also, uh, it's NC-17, and it's like, it's in that period yeah. of time when they were trying to do prestige movies with that rating. So yep. you've got Bad Lieutenant, Wide Sargasso Sea. Uh, tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, I think. Oh, uh, yep, uh-huh. Yep. That's another one, Man Bites Dog. Yep. Some of the foreign stuff coming in. I think possibly Tetsuo the Iron Man carried the NC-17 rating. It's a beautiful sight to behold. I love seeing it on the back of a... A movie box. Yeah. Anyway, it, uh, Crash. Rare, you know? Crash was one of those, right? Did you say Crash that? was the uh, yeah, and Showgirls. Showgirls was the one that killed it, though. Uh, yeah. Because once again, people don't understand Verhoeven, and you watch yeah. Showgirls now, and it's really not. I don't know. No, it's. I've fun. seen. I mean, I've seen yeah. hard. I've seen hard R movies that do. Worst it's stuff fine. Like yeah, it's just yeah. like the sexuality. I mean, it's like, and it's like silly, the sexuality. It's like, yeah, people, and it's, yeah, especially now when, like, if you give a 10 year old an iPhone, I mean, I'm sure there's like filters you can set up, but you can find like everything, some super crazy stuff, yeah. you know, that kids should 100% <laughs> never ever see, you know, and yeah. that. I don't know, whatever, you know, that's, that's not my issue. I don't have a child, but, um, speaking of things that kids should never see, uh, this movie toys, uh, I don't know. Out, I think this is only for kids. I don't you know? know if a kid would like this. I just certainly didn't like, I Did thought you don't like the, it as a, a child. Well, I finally saw it and I'm like, Oh, what the fuck? Okay. And it just like the cool visuals weren't enough. You know, after the first 15 minutes or so, you're you're done with him. And it's just yeah. like, you're in the story now, and you're just like, okay, all right. Well, the edit is insane. And the whole, I mean, okay, so the idea is a crazy toy effect, and it's all set in this kind of like, <laughs> I mean, it's, so, it's kind of hard to fucking describe, dude, honestly, because it's a heightened, insane, it's like this own, its own reality, basically. Yeah. You know, and like you don't see it's implied anyone. that New York City exists because yeah. they have a model of New York City, but like everything outside of the factory is a rolling green hill. It's like it's so fucking bizarre. And then the house, I mean, I love when the house opens up like a book and all that shit yeah. is like that's when the movie 
fucking just like is like city of the lost children yeah. level or just like it's just like a mind blowing kind of it's like a little bit it's got a little bit of a homemade feel to mm-hmm. it's like it's pre it's not CGI you know it's like it's great some of the visuals are amazing but the movie itself it hangs that shit on nothing you know right like, I mean that's that's the big selling point they had of, of this was that it was visually amazing and that Robin Williams was in it you know um Blonde, and he's. It would have been better. I think he kind of ruins the movie. He he takes he. They go off and they let him do his Robin Williamsisms, and they don't fit in. They take away from the character that we're told he's supposed to be. You know, he just kind of turns into Robin Williams instead of this. Like he's there for a bit, and then they're like they let him go off and do his like. They don't really tell us why he's not the one who should be taking over this ridiculous toy factory. Yeah. Where he seems just as ridiculous and involved with everything that's going on in the in the factory as his yeah, dad he seems would be. As ready as he'll ever be. It's like kind of like his dad contrives a situation for him to fight his uncle nearly to death. Yeah. Like his uncle <laughs> comes in and invents drones. Like, I mean, that there that's, is... That's the thing that, like, stuck with me as a kid is that I saw that scene and I'm like, wow, that's really... Whoa, that's crazy. And then, you know, smash cut years later, Obama's president, and we have this drone program that is doing almost exactly that. Yep. And, you know, now that the military is recruiting through esports and stuff... um. You know, tells you that yeah, they're they're building programs to do all this stuff by remote now. It's going to be, you know, remote controlled T one thousands mowing down Middle Eastern, you know, but civilian. Yeah, do that part when he's at the like he's at that pond and stuff. There are parts of this that are good. It's like the only thing is you can't edit out the end where the toy they set up the toys and he gives a big speech I hated like, it wind up toys oh my god I was like that was, I was just like I want to like kill myself I want to like I just kept apologizing that's to that's where my, it was a girlfriend I was just like I'm so sorry that we're watching we're wasting our time watching this horrible movie right now so that is the scene that <laughs> it, it like illustrates exactly what I was talking about where it just they let him go into Robin Williams mode instead of finding a character for him to play. And that was like peak that happening in this movie. And it's just like, I was like this is supposed to be the climax. And it's like, you know, he's spitting out all these jokes and shit. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. And it's like, if this is like a coveted script or there's some story about like how the script was like going around forever and people like loved it <clears throat> or he was trying to make it. This was like, he used all of his clout he did use all of his, like, all of the goodwill he had built to make this movie. Barry Levinson did. Yeah. And, but, like, for that to be true, it's like Robin Williams, like, improvises, like, fucking 75% of his dialogue. And he does, he truly ruins the movie for me. I Yeah. I hated it. I thought, I mean, that probably what we just described, them Putting wind-up toys against these machines it makes no sense to somebody listening that has never seen this movie. But, like, basically, war toys get made against his... And then the war toys just, like, straight up are trying to kill... He's like, the general is just like, I'm going to kill my family with the war toys yeah. in the factory at night. And it's like, okay. But it's like, there's things about this movie that I love. I love... Here's a, maybe a hot take. I don't know. I hope you agree with me, but I think LL Cool J is the best part of this movie. I was about to, uh, I was hoping you were going to say that because he is great. This is maybe. Really funny, dude. This is maybe his first acting, definitely his first big acting role. 92 in a Barry Levinson movie mm-hmm. uh, opposite Robin Williams and uh, Robin, Robin Wright, who might be the most forgettable part of this movie. She's almost unrecognizable, dude. She's doing like a southern. I'm a southern doing a southern accent. Weirdly, like, yeah. It's very strange, and her role is. It's like it's revealed later. It's like Dad hired her so you could fuck her. Basically, it's like 
You remember, like, John Cusack is like, yeah. Dad hired her. He was hoping you'd find her. And it's like, ugh, this that, is like. That's really weird. What the hell with that that little storyline, with that aside added in there? And Cusack is strange. She's doing Cusack, good work in this. Cusack I is, like, enjoyable for what she's hired to do. She does it fine. And, you know, I'm never going to say I don't want to see Joan Cusack show up in a movie because usually she can make even the worst movies somewhat enjoyable. Um, and so, yeah, she's fine in this movie. Um, it's weird. Her character's weird, but... You know what? I thought this is a weird connection, but uh, Robin Wright is wearing a weird, like, Sergeant Pepper type thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like her uniform or something. And then in Gross Point Blank, Joan Cusack is also wearing a weird Sergeant Pepper type thing. Oh, really? Yeah, and he and uh, John Cusack brings it up. He's like, what are you, Sergeant Pepper, or something like that. He says something like that <laughs> to her in that movie. So it's like, I wonder if, I don't know, there's some kind of connection there. If they're all from uh, Cusack, Joan, Joan and Robin are friends, and I don't know, whatever. Who knows? Yeah. This movie, because, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it just doesn't make any fucking sense. It's too goddamn long. It's like all these scenes that's just sort of like, plod on and on and on that don't add to any and it's like you could legit talk about we were talking about Jim Cummings just a minute ago a little peek behind the curtain I don't know when these episodes come out but those movies that he made are like 88 minutes this movie could have stood to be 88 minutes long oh god yeah you You could have squeezed all that story in a very quickly paced uh, movie I just, I feel like they built so many set pieces and things that they needed to. <laughs> leave everything that costs money on screen though. Like leave yeah. all the big, how big, crazy the house and like the, the grave is like an elephant with bubbles coming out of it. Yeah. And it's like, it's a cool aesthetic. I think like all of that stuff is awesome. And like her bedroom is like this box inside of a room with clouds painted on it. It's like yeah. amazing. But fuck this man. And I love the beginning is so. The beginning that's, is like, that's, that's one of the most memorable things I've seen. It, it feels like a, like a Dillard's like Christmas commercial. <laughs> yes, like, dude. Yes. It's like haunting. The, it's like, it's like childhood, but like our child. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was talking about when I was talking about when we were talking about um, Halloween five, there's like this weird aesthetic from like 88 to like. 92 or so like it kind of ends at toys maybe but like with the little girls like the ballerina little girls with the candles on the head like so okay it probably maybe the aesthetic begins at like legend or something or even has just the beginnings in like blade runner even Mm. like it's a ridley i don't know i don't know what it is i know i know know what you're talking about something that's like haunting to me though like yeah it's so this this is is a part of that a hyper local reference it's like when you feel that um that crossroads mall is kind of the old era and penn square mall is is this era yes okay it's got the penn square mall feel to it it Um, does uh Yes, Penn Square Mall is in the mix of that feel. Yeah. That like haunting, just and like I, I had I had to go there the last time I, I went to OKC and I'm like, it it feels the exact same way. It's like it's like sealed up in there. Um, <laughs> it's like they sealed up this era. Uh and it's like hermetically sealed. It's like that that cave you have to like go into to see all the cave paintings and shit. It's just they've they preserved it. Um and it's like, I don't like it there. I don't necessarily um, say that I enjoy it or appreciate it, but it does like hit a certain switch of like nostalgia for me. This is a big mall movie. I think I saw this in a mall. Yeah. Oh, the advertising like- for this was ridiculous. It was everywhere. Like, dude, because, okay, Barry Levinson, let's talk about him a little bit. He mm-hmm. started off with Diner. Which is a classic movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but as a kid, I loved it. And then he made, he has like these, the Baltimore movies, because he's from Baltimore. So um, he did Diner, Tin Men, Avalon, which I meant to watch Avalon before we did this. I didn't get around to it. And then Liberty Heights, which is a movie I, I did watch. I watched a lot in high school. I liked, have you seen that movie? No. 
It's set in like the 50s. It has Adrian Brody in it and like Ben Foster. Oh, right. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he also has done like, he's, I don't know. He's just super interesting to me because he did because Rain you, Man, Good Morning Vietnam. The Natural. Well. Uh, the Natural, did, yeah. That that movie Bugsy uh, with, uh, with um, oh, Warren Beatty. Uh, yeah. Like at the height of his Warren Beattiness. And he also did Sphere though. Yeah. Well, he did the uh, <laughs> like, so he did that weird disclosure movie, which was the Michael Crichton. Oh yeah, uh, Demi Moore is the sexual assaulter, whatever. Um, and it involves virtual reality and stuff. Which have you ever seen that Community episode? I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, I'm gonna go back and just watch that episode. I need to watch like, that show again because it's like, oh my god, the dean buys he spends all this money on a virtual reality like filing system, <laughs> and he like goes mad with power. <laughs> it's like, god damn it, it's so good. But it's like, it's, it's there's disclosure references and shit. And oh, god, I love that. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Finding that find, like someone f coming on television that is just like on your your same wavelength, and they yeah. make something like pretty mainstream, but it's just like it's tuned to you exactly. You're like, oh fuck yeah, yeah. that was Community. It was like absolutely dude. a community big bright is... NBC uh, sitcom, but it's just like it had certain signals that like that I picked up on. Um, that whole yeah, episode sure. in the in the space shuttle simulator. Oh, yeah, with the colonel, like, I am Sander. Yeah, Sanders or whatever. And it's like an acronym. This shit is like, it's good, man. And, like, God bless him for trying to give Chevy Chase some redemption. Yeah. Even though he ultimately fucked that up, too. He did. I mean, it was like. Having him on the show was fun, though. He's great. I love Chevy Chase. Yeah, I mean, but also, like, uh, if you've seen that um, Dan Harmon documentary. Uh, I have seen it. Harmontown. Yeah, he also yeah. was a destructive person. Um and he yeah. got he got me too'd when yes. that was big. He dealt with it as in a way that I think anyone who is accused of that should deal with it. Um, which is admitting it and um it, admitting everything, explaining what he did wrong. And how it hurt somebody else and how it was selfish. Um, and then teaching other people how not to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, so that yeah. they can recognize it. So, I'm not uh, a big Rick and Morty fan. I'll say that, but he I, also had a big hand in Sarah Silverman. And that's, a, I love that show too. So, Rick and Morty is a show that I like. It's gotten way too like heavy. And so that creator went and did another show on Hulu that is Solar Opposites, mm -hmm. um, that is a much lighter version of that, of Rick and Morty. And I, I kind of like watching that because it's not as intense. Um, but it's kind of like the sister show. It's the uh, American dad to the family guy. Oh, interesting. I still haven't checked out Lower Decks either. I watched one of those. That was okay. Yeah. I'm not a huge Star Trek. I like Star Trek. I'm not a huge Star uh, Trek. Ben Rogers from Action Boys is involved with that. And oh, is he really? I like Star Trek. Although, I don't know. <laughs> Off mic, we can talk a little bit more about Star Trek. I watched some new Star Trek and was a little bit flabbergasted by by what I saw. But anyway. Oh, really? Let's get back on track to toys. Uh, yeah. Um, this movie... Uh, Sucks. <laughs> I know. It, it's like... <laughs> it's so bad. I don't know who it's made for. Like, it's got the weird political message, which I agree with, but, uh, like, I'm not mad about the fact that... It, what is the... I mean, what is the message? Don't make war toys? I mean, it's about also, like, it's about the future of the military-industrial complex and but it, how they're... It's it brings become, it up and it makes no comment on it, though, really. Oh, that's the thing, is that it's not tied into the story enough, and it's like, is it that kind of movie, or is it this big special effects movie? Because... I don't know, like, the production design is okay, but it's not interesting. Like, they, they show that factory floor over and over again with mm -hmm. that, uh, that Tori Amos song playing over it. And like, Which is <laughs> crazy. It's like a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's like the um, hi-ho, it, like, it, it sort of transposes lyrics from the, like, hi-ho, hi-ho, off to where we go, like, 
Seven Dwarves. It's very weird. It's like a dour, sad song, and everyone is singing it happily, though. Like, yeah. Like, as if, like, it's meant sincerely, but the way she presents it is, like, ironically, like, but actually it's not, I'm not a happy worker. You know? It's like the tone of the song. Uh, yeah, so it's just, like, you see that over and over again, and it's just, I don't know. It. This is a weird time that this came out came out because I remember this movie came out and then there was Big, which had a long extended scene in a toy store. And the one of the biggest scenes of the movie that people remember is the big keyboard scene. It takes place at like FAO Schwartz. Yeah. And then you have like Home Alone 2 where you have this weird subplot God. of a Toys. Fuck all that shit. It's like really? upper class fucking yeah. fantasy. Like, fuck, I hate that shit. So. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just like it, all this, like I, there was a video game for toys. I fully expected there to be like a full, there probably is action figures for toys. For this like PG-13 weird. I was wondering, is there an NES game? <laughs> there is. Or a Super Nintendo game for this? Uh, Where you you fight? I mean, goddamn, dude! This it's hard to like because we're condensed the plot. It's so simple. Like, uncle inherits this instead of son, who rightfully deserves it. And uncle takes it in direction that nobody likes, and has to be reckoned with, and is the end. Yeah, he, and the movie is two hours long. He tries to make and it Junkie part Zach of the is a robot too. He tries to make it part of the military industrial complex as a low-cost way, now that the Cold War is over, a low-cost way to bomb people remotely. It takes, uh, like, an hour for him to come to that conclusion. It's like, that should just be... <laughs> and then what they do, though... All right, let's just, like... It's hard to really fully explain how meandering and horrible the movie is, but, like, what happens is they get trapped in the factory with the little tanks chasing them that have real guns on them, and they go into the old warehouse where it's revealed. This is another huge issue with this movie. It's like, I couldn't have been more into toys and stuff at that time. And the kind of toys that Zebo makes are like shitty, wind-up, tin, dangerous, like shit that they would never make anymore, yeah. toys, you know? Like, they look at antiques. But anyway, they're all like sitting up, facing, like as if ready at attention for him to give a speech and he Robin Williams gives a speech what seems like it's probably only a few minutes but it feels like literally like 10 minutes long yeah. so like it's like it's like almost exactly like as long as the patent speech or whatever it's trying to be a parody of and they wind the toys up like and then they film the toys getting killed like they film the toys as if they're sentient yeah it's it's weird. It's and it weird goes scene. on forever, dude. Like, it's filmed sort of like fake Tony Scott or something. It's all like insane, just like swishy cam action stuff. Like, it's edited really like like the action comes a lot from like the editing and stuff, and it's a lot of like movement. Like, it's like kind of like disorienting and stuff. It's like, and the. The fucking robots shoot at these little wind-up toys for, like, an eternity. Yeah. And that's, like, the end of the movie, basically. Like, and then he he, he gets in the airplane that Santa was in, and the, the general yeah, the gets on it, and that, I don't know. And then this the swamp swine, which they never show, they show it's in shadow always. This, like, it's, thing. It's like a beast, like a big mutant thing, but it's a toy, and it has, like, missile-launching capabilities. Um, yeah, just another thing. They're building this monster thing, and it's just, like... It's in, a, like, a dungeon. Yeah. And then it breaks out. It's... <sighs> I don't know, man. It Even just, as a child, I remember being like, what is that thing? Like, yeah. That... This whole, it's like, I hate the ending, but I love this movie still <laughs> for some reason, you know, kids are so forget. I mean, it is a visual feast. I, yeah, I'll admit that, but yeah, it's too long and it's edited. It's almost like, I just don't understand 
I don't understand what the script is, you know, like I don't either. I don't I don't know who it's made for. It's it's PG thirteen, it's two hours, it's not for kids, but it <laughs> feels like it's a kids movie and it's like It's um, about a toy factory, but it doesn't seem at all like a real toy factory. No. Beverly Smith is in it. Uh yeah. <laughs> Michael Gambon is a general who like he at one point is wearing a multicolored version of his general outfit. And I, I thought, thought that, that was, was cool. a cool look. For yeah, him. I was like, I, I, I like kinda, we should have just immediately gotten into this look, but yeah, I, I well, you can bring it back now. You can say this is the Zevo <sighs> Toys uh, military fatigue look. There's okay, yeah, God, not to go, not to fucking just beat into the ground the Happy Worker song, the Tori Amos song. Which adds so much to the the nineties like the early nineties of this, but it's like Little Earthquakes era Tori Amos yeah. um, music, but um, which I do enjoy some of anyway. But um, when <laughs> okay, it starts and it's like nor the normal version, but then when the general takes over and like the LL Cool J and his like security soldiers yeah. enter in, it's like the the remix of it. <laughs> And it plays that way too many times. Yeah. And that scene is extremely long. It's like they go in real time up to the third floor. I don't know. But then, okay, a highlight for me, I want to bring this up before I get away from it, though. I did. I always love the scene where they're looking at fake vomit and the walls oh, yeah. start closing in on them to the point where they're, like, up on the table. Like, it's just like they're in, like, a little tube of space, basically. It's like... That that was the movie needed. Like I just think he should have, he, even if it made no sense. I guess somebody could do this. Just cut out everything that's like Robin Williams riffing, the romance, all that shit, and just all of the scenes that have insane visuals. Yeah, cut it together like it's a Jacques Tati film or something, and like that's the best you can hope for for uh-huh. this movie. Because it does have that in it too. Have you like playtime? Yeah. Like yeah traffic and stuff like it's like I, honestly like you could have probably told this story much more if you're going to spend that much money you might as well have done it like this and like gone this experimental with with your your shit you might as well have made like a playtime type thing where you follow yeah someone almost silently around this thing and that story kind of unfolds with like all the kids on the school bus and everything coming in <laughs> and discovering shit i mean i don't know there's a part in this movie I just remembered that I would when I was watching it, I was like, dude, the uncle is completely right to be mad at Robin Williams forever now. Like when Robin Williams walks in with his noise suit, he has like a jacket that has all these wires on it. And then he every tiny little movement he makes is like a sound effects thing. It's like it's like Tom Green level. I just rewatched <laughs> Freddy Got Fingered with some friends, which is like, woof, I hate. God, I give that maybe zero. That's a rare zero star rating from me. But it is that. It's like that level of like aggressively irritating, like nihilistic behavior. Just like, it's like, it's a, a super long scene too. Yeah. Rob Williams move. It's like tumbling sounds. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> dude. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we're, we're at about time here, so let's go ahead and take a break and come back with a big roundup. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said, SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Podcast. 
would rather have a day job than be a Pokemon mascot. Han Solo is clearly more attractive than Indiana Jones. I would take the Star Wars trilogy over the Matrix trilogy any time. The Legend of Zelda versus Super Mario. Who's better in bed, Jafar or Gaston? And would Thanos masturbate with the Infinity Gauntlet or not? Every week, Nerd Rage The Great Debates brings you the funniest comics, writers, and podcasters to settle some of geekdom's most divisive topics. Find us on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. Christmas. This is, a, in fact, a Christmas-themed episode. We watched Toys. I picked it. This is my fault. This is, hilariously, this is my pick. Toys. I think we Barry talked Levinson's about this, though, toys. like, recently. We both, we both said, I love toys. I think I said, I love toys, and you go, I do, too. And it's like, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't, in fact, love toys. No, this is a, do I. In, same, in the same way that Dutch was a rude awakening that, like, oh, yeah, this was... When you're a kid, you know, I think it's like, I th- I really think that that's how movies like um, Blockers and um, Game Night and all those, those extremely bland comedies that have been coming out for the last like 10 years, even like that is going to be a real, this, that's the equivalent of this, you yeah. know, like I even wonder, cause like I, you know, this is sort of the rule of like, or not the rule, but, you know, like any port in a storm, <laughs> like when there's like a glut of things and you're like, well, at least there's this. I thought like the house was pretty funny with Amy Poehler and uh, Will Ferrell and Jason Manzoukas. It's about these people that need money. And so they start running the casino illegally out of their house. It's like a super low tier comedy, but it, mm. it was in theaters. I saw it and I laughed like... It things escalate to a very, like a violent degree, and it's like it's funny. Like Jeremy Renner is actually in it. And it's like huh. the conclusion of what happens to his character is like is pretty like funny to me. I don't know. I laughed anyway. I think that that movie is a that's one to watch. Like I think that will be bad in like three years. I'll be like, no, this isn't good anymore. But who knows, you know? But I think a lot of these movies will end up being like this toys well no like dutch not many movies are like that we should emphasize that this movie is like an insane you'll watch it it's like terry gilliam i mean it's like it's like somebody who like tim burton i guess is probably the best example of like somebody really showing their super creative side the production design is intense and crazy and some and really splendid and awesome in some cases and uh, so this movie, it's just like, it's hard to, I think it's hard to convey just talking about it if you haven't seen it, like how visually insane it is and how much money is behind and like big, crazy ideas that are confusing and don't make sense, you know, are on screen. It's, this is a very, it's a baffling, it's somebody, it's, this is a movie where somebody made Rain Man. And like all these huge hits, and then he like they're like you can literally do whatever you want, and here's a whole lot of money, and he made this movie. And yeah. it's horrible. So yeah. it is interesting in that way, I think you know. And so we'll just do. I'm gonna give my review right, my rating. That is my review, but I'm gonna give my rating right now. Toys. <laughs> I'm gonna give this one and a half out of five star. Wow. <laughs> a brutal blow to a movie that. You know, I mean, it's just like, it's so, I could maybe see myself raising it up again, but not, it never, it will never have three stars from me, I don't think, you know, at least yeah. that's how I feel right now. It, it, It's one and a half out of five. I It was brutally slow, super confusing. I mean, it has like, it's sort of like. Tim Burton is a good thing, I guess, to bring it like Batman, like the kind of the weird 90s of Batman, his Batman movies and stuff is like that. This is sort of a peer of those, you know, it's like a different color palette. But like, I think like just like the audaciousness and the like the early 90s. Yeah, I, I would say I, I for Tim Burton, for that comparison, you would have to say like, well, Tim Burton did. 
Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which was cheaper, but he still had like these special effects elements. Beetlejuice was like an escalation of that until he got to Batman. Whereas Barry, Barry Levinson, you're not getting these big set pieces out of Good Morning Vietnam or Rain Man. Or- That's true. He like literally never had done. I guess the natural has like some mystical elements to it, but nothing yeah. on nothing on this. This is like high concept. Yeah. It's super high concept weirdness. Yeah. And so he's not known for that, and he's taking a big chance versus Tim Burton, who was making that part of his brand from the very beginning. That's true. So, yeah, it's just he doesn't he doesn't know. He wants to try all this stuff, but he doesn't know how to marry those two together. And I think he had a similar thing happen to that movie, uh, young Sherlock Holmes, which I tried watching recently. <laughs> you keep bringing this up, man. I, I <laughs> I've never seen it eh, before. It's <laughs> it's it's like one of those. It feels like a, you know, it it one of those Lucas Spielberg joints. You know, they kind of co-produced this movie, and it was a Barry Levinson directed thing. It's got a bunch of special effects in it. They wanted it to be a franchise, and it's just awful. Like early CGI movie. Um, it's really? Just, yeah, it's it's awful. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, cause Sphere is not Sphere's not a movie that people like have extreme hate for, but nobody talks about that movie. Yet, no, you know, and it has goddamn Dustin Hoffman, Samuel yeah. Jackson, and Sharon Stone. It's like a three hand. Like, it's a huge. This was after Outbreak, like, though, right? This like because it. Oh, did he do Outbreak too? He didn't do Outbreak, but Dustin Hoffman was in Outbreak. Oh, okay. And I'm wondering if that got a little tied up into because that was in Michael Crichton, right? Yeah, Spear was, and so I don't okay. know. Okay. Well, um, Barry Levinson. I don't know. He's just like a weird. Because it's like, what's his style, you know? Like, if you look at Diner, you say, like, conversation, conversational kind of, you know, like, he does kind of, like, more of personal type things and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah, for this, and with even up to Rain Man, it's like, Rain Man is kind of taking, it's still got that touch to it, but you're going on the road, you know, and Mm -hmm. everything, and, like... Yeah, this is a crazy left turn. That he has never made a movie that's like like this as much. I think he really like he has this was he had a string of hits and then after this movie it was just kind of like Wag the Dog was pretty well received. Sleepers, I remember when that came out. Um Yeah. That was kind of a bit of a controversial one that I saw and I didn't really understand the whole story around it. So I it's good. Watch it. It's, it's hard to watch. It's about these boys who are molested and yeah. then they, when they grow up, they find the guy who was their abuser and they murder him in a bar. And right. It's about their trial and stuff. And it's Kevin Bacon. That's right. Yeah. Who is the abuser. Yeah. And Brad Pitt and Jason Patrick and shit. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Um, but an everlasting peace is a good movie. It's about um, '80s Ireland, like with the IRA and everything. It involves. It's all about. It's all about like the troubles or whatever yeah. you know, and people who are Protestant and Catholic and like national identity and stuff. But it's all built around this guy selling hair pieces and stuff. Yeah. And have you seen that movie? No, I remember when it came out though, and I was like, I should watch that because he did that and he did Envy, like uh, almost back to back. Yeah. Um, hmm. and Envy was another one where it was, it, it was Ben Stiller and Jack Black mm-hmm. and I just remember seeing the trailers for that and then it kind of came and went and yep. phew, like never heard from it again yeah and he's done like he's done a lot of HBO movies I feel like like he's with Pacino like he did like a like oh he did that um, Kevorkian movie he did that Kevorkian okay, movie yeah okay okay yeah uh, I saw Gino that has like done a lot of HBO movie like biopics yeah like anyway what was your uh, rating of oh, toys my, my rating was I think I'm gonna lower it from what I put on there cause you know 
I did do a two and a half, but then again, I gave Super Mario Brothers two and a half. I like that movie. Mm. Um, yeah. I can't give this one the same rating as Super Mario Brothers, so yeah. I'm going to give it a two star. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't care for it. It wasn't, the visual appeal wasn't enough to keep me kind of like hanging on. Uh, like the story wasn't, aside from the drone thing, which I have thought it was interesting since I first saw it and then actually see it implemented. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that's interesting, but that's a, that happens at a small point in the movie and, and, uh, yeah. And then it's not, it's kind of in the background again. So, yeah. um, I don't know. It's, it's neat to look at one time. Uh, I probably won't need to watch this again ever. Uh, the Christmas scene. <laughs> no, me either. The Christmas scene at the very beginning is very Christmassy, uh, circa, uh, again, a Dillard's commercial or a Foley's commercial from 1992. If you went to the mall in 1992 and you were, how old was I, 11 years old, uh -huh. uh, you know, then it would kick in some nostalgia there. But otherwise, yeah, mm -hmm. it's kind of, I don't need to watch it ever again. <laughs> yeah, toys. What a fucking stinker, dude. All right, recommendations. <laughs> what do you got, uh, Randy? I got, all right, here's a movie that is... High concept from this time period and also has Joan Cusack that I like a lot that I watched recently and was like, oh, this movie's still good. Adam's Family Values. Oh, hell yeah. I like both of those. That's uh, Barry Sonnenfeld. Sometimes I get confused with Barry Levinson. Just kind of a similar name, but yeah. Uh, he handles that, that kind of thing really well in those movies and uh, I like that movie a lot. Yeah. And uh, that's like a kid's classic that is still really good. And it has good performances by, like, I just think this movie, fucking Robin Williams ruins this movie, you yeah. know? And, like, if you want a good Robin Williams movie, watch, like, I don't know, Dead po I, I'm sure Good Morning Vietnam is better than this. I yeah. haven't seen that since I was a kid. But, like, Dead Poet Society is a good movie. Where he adds his Robin Williamsness into stuff that doesn't necessarily call for it, but it like works. You I know? would say my, one of my favorites is where he is like full on Robin Williams is uh, the Fisher King. Uh, oh hell yeah, dude! I it, love the Fisher that King. That is part of that per, is part of that character one hundred percent. That's probably from like a year before this too. Yeah. So. So. Um, yeah. So yeah, that would be one of my recommendations. Is definitely the Fisher King. I've loved that movie mm -hmm. since I was a kid. Um, and it's one of the ones where he's like, I'm not a big Aladdin fan. And one of the things that turns me off is Robin Williams in that movie. Hmm. So I, I, and I don't like, like Patch Adams or anything like that. It's just, it's hard to watch. <laughs> it's hard to keep up, but Fisher King, he is playing against, uh, Jeff Bridges. And I think the two of them together, Jeff hmm. Bridges knows how to be, how to play off of him and be the straight man to Robin Williams. Um, they're great. And it's together. got Amanda Plummer in yeah. it. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, Mercedes Gilliam. Rule. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's Gilliam. It's like, yeah. it's a good, it's like his most in the real world while still having, it's like, I don't know, it's like the lightest touch of like magical realism and stuff yeah. like that, but it's still in there, you know, like, yeah. It's good. It's a, it's a really good movie. And there's a there's a T-shirt that uh, Jeff Bridges wears in that movie that he wears again in The Big Lebowski. Really? Uh, yeah. It's the one with the, the Japanese baseball player on it. Oh, uh, hell yeah. And that's the first time I saw that. So when I saw The Big Lebowski for the first time, I was like, holy shit, that's that T-shirt uh, yeah. from The Fisher King. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's a good one. Um I would say kind of a movie that really, another Robin Williams movie that takes kind of this high concept and does it uh, pretty spectacularly is Robert Altman's Popeye. Uh, which oh, man. is that's a, we're going to have difference of opinion on that one. <laughs> we maybe do that someday. Uh, I think he, he, uh, Robert Altman understood what the Popeye cartoon was and translated it to uh, film. Uh did a good job of it. Now, as a movie, I don't know if it's something I would want to watch over and over again, but <laughs> I will say I that... you're going to say What Dreams May Come. 
I don't, I've never seen that one. So like, I don't I know. I feel like the, it was, intri- I feel like it was a failure when I watched it, but it was intriguing, you know? Yeah. It's maybe a sister ship, a really dour sister ship to this movie. To maybe. Boys. Anyway. We should, we should do high budget, uh, Robin Williams movies. Just a string of them. Yeah. Like Bicentennial Failures, Man. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bicentennial Man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. Uh, okay. Well, and that, in that case, I think we're wrapped up on toys. I think I've said about as much as I can about it. God, me too. Uh, Merry Christmas, y'all. Sorry we did like a sorry, pile of shit. For we this. ruined Christmas this year. We Maybe did. We'll Christmas. do better next year. Not... It's us only, the reason why Christmas sucks this year. Uh, Randy, what you got? What you got going on? Well, I've got an anti, don't watch toys. <laughs> no need to, well, no, you do. Actually, if you watch this, if you listen to this episode and you don't watch toys, like, what are you doing, you know? I mean, we can't be that entertaining, you know? Like, <laughs> we have no idea what we're talking about. I don't know. I bungled that. I'm a recommend or whatever I'm plugging. I got nothing to plug. Merry Christmas, everyone. You know, wear a mask and stuff. Let's abolish the police and yeah. you know, let's uh, let's do good things. Yeah, we got a lot uh, of work to do. Uh, sup doc for documentary reviews every two weeks wherever you find podcasts. Nerd Rage of the Great Debates, um, game show debate, nerd stuff, fun stuff. Wherever you find podcasts. Uh, tell your friends about this show, Cathode Ray Mission. Um, and so if you're if you're Jesse McGrath, former guest, it's Cathode Ray Mission, like a CRT monitor, but uh, mm. Cathode Ray Tube. He didn't know how to pronounce it when he uh, was talking about it, so that's me correcting him from the podcast. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, so tell he people about there. it. A couple episodes, too. Yeah, Gemini Man, which has not come out. We've talked a lot about Gemini Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gemini Man, the ultimate episode coming which, out soon. I don't know. I, I had a fun time putting it together this weekend. So nice. Uh, okay, well, I got to edit some shit together. Um, so Randy, I will talk to you again next week. Yes, happy sir. Holidays. I'll talk to you then. Happy holidays to you and all of our listeners. Ho ho ho! Why did I do it like that? God damn it! <laughs>